Welcome to Dr. Jeffrey Wells' Looking Good and Feeling Great podcast, live from Las Vegas, with his co-host, Daryl Craig Harris. Hi, folks. It's Dr. Jeffrey Roth here, your board-certified plastic surgeon in Las Vegas, Nevada, and we are back at it again. They said it wouldn't last. <laughs> so, I've, I've heard that a lot, uh, but that's another story for another day. So, yeah, we're actually, yes. I think we're actually into our third season, which is crazy. I guess it's actually funny, the season thing, I had a contact or actually discussion with our friend Dean Bouchala, yes. the TV producer, and Perfect I was like, guy. what exactly is a season? He's like, it's really whatever you want it to be. It could be three episodes, it could be 10. Right. So, but, uh, yeah, so hopefully this won't be a docudrama or uh, <laughs> a missing person. Or something like exactly. that. So yeah, my my wife, I love her to death. My my beautiful blushing bride. She she loves watching those How to Murder Your Husband shows. <laughs> right, be- right before we go to bed. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. So but but yeah, that's that, it gets worse. So so she's she says she's watching these things. She's like, no no no, you're doing it all wrong. You got to get rid of the teeth and you got to get rid of the fingerprints. I'm like, huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> I just told her to just make it look like an accident. I know. My, my wife actually likes those shows, too. Uh-huh. Yeah. It scares <laughs> me. It's a whole thing. Um, so today we're going to actually talk about creating realistic expectations for breast reduction. Sure. And I've actually filmed some of those with you, and it's amazing what you do. Yeah. It's it's uh, some of our favorite patients, favorite outcomes, and, and some of our happiest patients uh, are the breast reduction patients. Mm-hmm. And some of them feel better, not all, but just some feel better in the recovery room, uh, especially those folks that... I think a lot of it, it's, you know, it's, it's mass and it is weight, but it's also the pendulousness. Right. Uh, and if you can pick up the pendulousness, it's kind of like if you have a backpack and the straps are too long and you go ahead and put the straps where they're supposed to be and put it back on your chest. Oh, that's where it's supposed to be. Right. I think that goes a long way with the shoulder strapping and neck pain and back pain. And I've had neurosurgeons actually refer patients to me and say, no, you don't need a spine surgery. You need to get you know these big breasts off. Right. And um, um, so that's that. The corollary to that also is most of my spine surgeons, if you have back problems or what, they said if, if they can get their patients to walk in water, because some of them can't run, obviously you can't walk. But right. if you can w- walk in water, that's a really big help uh, mm-hmm. as far as that goes. So yeah, and oftentimes too, those those ladies have had issues maybe in adolescence and in school because they maybe developed Absolutely. early. They were being made fun of. Sure. There's a whole psychological component. Oh right? sure, no, we've I had a patient the other day. She says, yeah, no, I was you know flat as a board till I was 14, and then somebody flipped a switch and I woke up with these things, and I'm just like, really? So yeah, yeah and, and it's it's a big as you know, it's a big you know arc of estrogen, progesterone, et cetera, and genetics and all, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, no, if, if if they get really too big, it can really be a hindrance uh, of folks, uh, both, you know, socially, interactive, uh, interactively, uh, all of that. So yeah, so we, we do uh, a bunch uh, of these and um, by and large, uh, they're really some of our happiest patients. There's different ways to do things, uh, of course, and uh, some guys and gals do it different than I do and get really good results. The main thing is, 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 and this goes not just for breast reduction patients, but also patients with tubular breast uh, issues or one side's a D and one side's a A. Which cetera, is very cetera, common, right? Which is common. First of all, yeah. everybody's off a little bit, right? And women know this because they put them in bras and, oh, this is my you know better one, my worst one, bigger, small. So all of it. Uh, so one eye is always higher than the other one. One nostril is higher than the other one. I tell people all the time that if anybody is perfect by measurements, I'm calling the Air Force because they're an alien <laughs> and they weren't born here. So it's like somebody got to check yeah. that out. So. Having said all that, folks look at the websites, 
we've had patients from from everywhere, but they want to see themselves. The tall girls want to see the tall girls. The short girls want to see the short girls. And oftentimes people feel like, gosh, this, I'm the only one that has this. And they look at the website. Oh, wait a minute. That, that's me. I see me there. Yeah. And so we've been very, very fortunate that a lot of our patients have given us permission for befores and afters. And we're able to share those for education. And so the people come in and then we yeah, actually talk about that. Some folks think that like, oh, I don't know how am I actually going to fix this. It's so severe, whatever. And then when you go onto the sites before and after, right. I mean, that's pretty amazing yeah. actually. So, so yeah, plastic or reconstructive surgery, it really, it's one of those things that really drew it to me that you can really make a, mm -hmm. a big appreciable uh, difference. So the basics of breast reduction, of course, you know, are, am I candidate, right? So basically is, is, you know, are you healthy enough for surgery? Uh, you know, we try to, we want to get people off of smoking. Uh, because again, uh, facelifts, breast lifts and reductions, and then tummy tucks, uh, all put uh, tissue on tension. And tension is the enemy of good wound healing. And so smoking is terrible for those surgeries because when you smoke issues, or vape right. or chew any nicotine, so I'll clarify that too, because some people, oh, I don't smoke when I vape. Um, it, basically, it's all bad it, because it's a vasoconstrictor, so it doesn't get the blood flow to where you need it. Uh, and so you want to be off nicotine products. Okay, fine. They come in, we take a look, we measure, 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 et cetera, et cetera, and we kind of see what the game plan is. So what typically is, is and one of the questions I ask, which is for me a very telling question is, okay, what size are you now? And what size do you want to be? <clears throat> so some girls come in and they say, well, geez, doc, I'm an F and I want to be an A. Okay, so I'm like, okay, well, wait a minute. So right. what you want is a mastectomy with a free nipple graft. Yeah. Okay. So those are very rare to do. And that's a right. whole different thing than a breast reduction. It's more of a breast amputation. Because most people, they just want right. symmetry. And, right. right. So, so yeah. So most folks are you're in your triple Ds. You know, And again, it gets weird after D, right? You get double D, double, triple D, F, whatever that might be. And most folks want to be, they've had breasts their entire life, so they don't want to be a B. Some folks want to be a B because like they're done with them and they're over them. Yeah. But most folks want to say, well, I'm a full C, small D. Okay. So that's kind of a telling for me what they really want, how much they've thought about it, et cetera, et cetera. So, and what I say is, is, well, look, we have to be, we can be aggressive, but we have to be safe. And what I mean by that is the nipple areola complex. Um, and if you want pictures of this, you can go to the website and, and, and all that. Cause we Just have, JJ Roth, we have yeah, so we have cartoons about all this. So, but basically is this, so the nipple areola complex. Now we don't take the nipple areola complexes off and staple them back on later, right? They're always attached to the patient for blood supply and nerve supply, right? Okay. So what you do is, is you make a block of tissue or an island of tissue, if you will, right? And that island should be 10 centimeters by 10 by 10 or eight by eight. It depends on who you read. Okay. So, the, but there's, there's a block of tissue, an island that that nipple or the complex is going to sit on. Okay. Everything outside of that block of tissue, medially towards the sternum, the midline, superiorly, and laterally can leave. So that's where the reduction, that's where you take the that's breast tissue off, yeah. is, is taken off. Okay. Now, we leave the skin obviously on, but someone's going to get trimmed. So we go ahead and we make an incision, which looks like a keyhole. So we take off that extra uh, skin too. Now, the flaps, these things that are going to move around, uh, usually have to be about a centimeter, centimeter and a half thick themselves to get enough blood supply and keep that happy. So bottom line is, is, even if I want to be most aggressive, I have to leave a certain amount behind so that it's going to be safe. The nipple area of the complex is going to live. The uh, tissue, the skin and such are going to live. And you're going to get nice scars, et cetera, et cetera. So there's, there's a minimum of, uh, of tissue that has to be left there. Right. So that's why I say, hey, 
you may wake up with, you know, uh, a C plus, you know, or and most folks are like, okay, yeah, I get it. Yeah, uh, you just kind of have to give them the overview of what that's yeah, what they're really. Explain. Well, you know, because you know we've played this game thousands of times before, and this is the first time these folks have played this game, and so we like uh, to go ahead and educate and talk about it. Uh, and, and again, it drives my practice manager bananas because uh, I'll sit there and talk and talk and talk. And, yeah. and uh, you know, we block out, you know, 45 minutes for a new consult, et cetera, et cetera, because mm-hmm. we, we want to, to hear about that. Yeah. I want to hear what's going on in your house. Are you going to go ahead and lift up? Uh, you know, six month year old babies, you know, or you're going to, you're going to need a grandma to come and help you, you know, for that. Right. Uh, what do you, so the recovery, I, I mean, we've talked about before uh, about the recovery is yeah, super very, important. very important. So, right. so having said all that is then we see, Hey, are you a candidate, et cetera, et cetera. Does everything, you know, is everything lining up for a good result? Uh, and then, and then go from there. So, mm-hmm. uh, and then we follow people up and, uh, we, we see folks typically at three days and seven days, three and six weeks, three and six months. And, and for us, you know, pride ourselves on, on being as close as the phone. What would be the, the time frame for considered to be full recovery? Would it be six months, a year? I tell most of, well, I tell all my cases like, okay, we're, this is going to be a year relationship, you know, a uh, year program. Um, whether it's eyelid surgery, whether it's breast uh, surgery, whether whatever it might be. Because the body's going to heal up on the time frame the body wants to heal up. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't, I wish I did, but I don't have a magic wand to make things faster. Right. right? And there's, everybody has different physiology. Right. And, and yeah. so, I, I, you know, for example, uh, we make incisions, et cetera, et cetera. Those incisions are going to be most read usually at about four months and less read at about 10 months to a year. At four months, the collagen is disorganized, et cetera, et cetera. It's a little bit red. It's a little bit blah. And again, that's kind of a time frame that people can kind of get back into. I mean, we live in a life, uh, we live in a situation, lifestyle now that every, everything's drive through, you know? And so right. and, I've actually had people say, uh, hey, doc, can I get these on Friday and go back to work on Monday? Like, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> and, and so... Basically, it's still surgery. We still take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Tell patients all the time, I'm a nice guy, but I took a knife to you. You know what I mean? Right. And you also want to protect your investment. Right? Well, 100%. And, and people that have come back for the redos, and that may be seven years later, maybe 12 years later, maybe how many years later, they will not infrequently say, yeah, this time I'm going to take it uh, take it slow like you told me to. This time I'm not going to go you know, skiing yeah. at day you know, eight. You know? Yeah, because so, you don't want to have to go back and fix stuff because right. you have to restart the recovery. And, right. And, yeah. and people, though, the problem is, is people feel better now with modern technology and everything. So people are like, man, I feel great. Well, you're, you feel great, but your body's not ready yet. And so that's kind of the the fight that we have, and especially my athletes, and we take care of a lot of athletes. Three of uh, our patients have been on the cover of Sports Illustrated. They always want to go back early, and you really have to sit on them, and then you go ahead. Because they want to get back up. to training, right? Right. Yeah. They want to go back to training, so we do let them get back to some uh, things. We at least get them walking in the gym. At least get them go to the gym. Want them to walk? Really, Doc? Yeah. Okay. But basically, <laughs> is at least get their heart rate up, et cetera, et cetera. Right. At least they got their gear on. Their they, they have to be active. Or, yeah, yeah, they go go banana. So you have to walk that line with those folks um, between the two, and have them have a good solid construct first before. Hitting it, and we we see that we watch ESPN every night. There's a guy. Well, I had a minor injury, went back too soon. Now he's out for the season. Every night on ESPN, same yeah, thing. And for those guys, that's their bread and butter. It's, yeah, I mean, yeah, they have a literally physical job. That's that's what they do for a living. And so for us, again, some folks here are Cirque du Soleil performers, okay, mm-hmm. and they're they have what ten shows that you know that better than anybody. Ten shows a week. Yeah, it's a grind. Yeah. It is a grind, and so they have to be ready uh, to go ahead and start 
you know, before they start flipping uh, you know, all over the place and doing all those you know, wonderful things that they do. Right. Yeah. Before you have to, you know, put your butt over your head and flippy, 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 you got to make <laughs> sure that like, you know, everything is, is together again. Yeah. Let's talk about along the same lines, but the psychology of plastic surgery, dealing with patients, trying to figure out where they're coming from. Sure. Their expectations, which kind of comes back to the the breast reduction. Sure. Um, tell, talk to me about how you approach that. Well, yeah. The, the thing is, is we go through the the history and physical, et cetera, et cetera. And then we sort of get into the why. I mean, it's not a therapy session or that kind of thing per se. I don't you know, bust out the therapy book and go, right. mm, you know, my Freudian th- theory. But <laughs> but no, it's basically, okay, so, you know, okay, you're thinking about getting implants, blah, blah, blah. So, so you know, so why do you want to go for that particular size? Well, yeah. I want to look good in some suit or evening. Uh, evening. Yeah. Oh, okay. I've had two kids and I want to get that back. Oh, okay. So, and, and again, I work for the patient. I don't work for necessarily, you know, the husband or the, or the sponsor or whatever you want to call it. So, because... And, it's important to figure out what the motivation yeah. is. Yeah. So, yeah. And so... So there's there's that aspect you know, to it, and that always helps me as well as to okay, well, this is kind of what I'm thinking, et cetera, et cetera. And some folks come in with very much a preconceived um, notion about few things. For example, there are gals that come in and go, hey, okay, doc, I want a size 400, high profile, you know, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, well, where'd you get this from? Says, well, my girlfriend Susie at the office, and then I, you know, watched a couple of YouTube videos, and I went on Google. I'm like, okay, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. So now. <laughs> It's, that's that's the most both the good and bad part of social right, media. Yeah, <laughs> Doctor Google's not your friend, and and I tell people all the time, I'd rather them they spend twenty minutes with me than twenty hours on the internet, yeah. right? Because I can look at you, I can see what your skin triggers like, I can see you know folks that have been out in the sun too much, or have smoked too much, or have done too many steroids, or uh, too much, or all that, those sorts of things. All that stuff. All that stuff, and and really kind of see what works, you know, for them. And that four hundred cc implant may be the right answer. Or they meet a bigger one, or maybe a little one, or right. whatever it may be, to go ahead and get to that or individual. saline versus silicone. Go all of it, and right. we go ahead and we measure and we talk, and I draw pictures on on the, the the screens and all that kind of stuff. And so we really we pride ourselves. We try to pride ourselves on a really good educational consult. And at the end of the consult, I always ask, okay, is there anything else you want to know? And, no, you got it. And yeah. I said, well, did you get a list? Because sometimes they have these printed lists that come off. Sure, there. right. And, and she said, no, no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, okay, yeah, we got yeah. it. And I've actually, and I, I've actually been um, in a consult with you, well, a couple now, actually. And it's it's great because you are very thorough and you listen. Because a lot of, what's what's the importance, actually, of doctors listening? Oh, well. Because I would assume that, that you would think that would be a big thing in medical school. Right. But I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, some stuff is relatively straightforward. If somebody's got, you know, a cancer or a lump or a bump sure. or something, and you you can see, oh, that's a di- okay, it's a hernia, and you know, it's a Tuesday. In my opinion, you still have to be a doctor. You still have to listen. You have to kind of get the background. When did this start? And how did this start? And mm-hmm. oh, okay, that's interesting. And then also, by the way, we find stuff. You back up and say that again. Right. Uh, oh yeah, no, they just put me on this uh, this drug called, uh, and she didn't know the name of it, but she, you know she had the bottle in the right, thing, right. and she's on Plavix. Well, guess what? That's a blood thinner. We're not going to the operating room. Right. I said, well, why are you on this? He says, well, my heart was racing really fast. Uh, I went to the urgent care. Yeah. Like, and like, ding, so, ding, ding. I said, so what did the cardiologist say? <laughs> exactly. And they, well, I haven't been to a cardiologist. I'm like, Time out. Yeah, okay, wait, well, yeah. guess what? Let's refer you to a cardiologist first. It was AFib and she was fine and you got that all scored away. Right. But I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So yeah, so number one, it's amazing what you learn when you when you listen, right? And then not only you know, the whys and wherefores, but also is how are 
patient's going to take care of it? Do they have a support system that can mm-hmm. get take care? Of it? If not, can we help provide them with one, et cetera, et cetera? So, so those are all little aspects that I have my little ear, my antenna up for. Why is this patient coming in? Right. Is he or she? He's usually she a good candidate. How can we get from point A to point B in the re- in the best way? And then going forward, is it going to be a good result? And and uh, I think I like it. And what would be um, the typical red flags for you to? actually say, yeah, I'm sorry, we're not going to, we're not going to be able to do this. Well, it depends. I mean, when it comes to that, I really don't have much of an ego, says the board certified plastic surgeon, right? (laughs) Right. So I I try not to, but you don't actually, I I try not to play the prima donna card as much as I guess I should. But (laughs) anyways, um, so, uh, so no, I I have zero ego. If somebody comes into the office, who's let's say rhinoplasty, who somebody has been there four or five times before and, um, you know, I take a good look and I look at the nose, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, you know what? It's my lip, my litmus test. My litmus test is what would I tell my wife, right? Or what would I tell my brother or my cousin? Right. And if it's not the same thing that I'm a charlatan hmm. and that's how I approach what I say in the office. And I'll say that out loud. Yeah. Okay. That's, if a you great, were my, that's a great rule of thumb. If you were my wife, this is what I would tell you. And they kind of look and like, okay. So if it's a read to redo times four, knows where that's gone. Oh, by the way, I had an infection. I had a cancer. Oh yeah. No, I I'm happy to go ahead and get them into somebody who has more experience than I do uh, as far as a lot of the reconstruction folks. So I don't hesitate to go ahead and send people to people that are smarter than I am, which is a lot uh, or more skilled in a particular area, uh, which is plenty. And, uh, and so, yeah, I I, zero hesitation to do that Mm. because I would hope that if I wind up in office and guess what, we all wind up patients sometimes. Okay, at some point in our lives, we're going to be in a doctor's office, right? right? Or a family member or whatever. And so, yeah, it's it's easy for those tables to turn, right? Uh, it just takes, you know, a car accident or a diagnosis of cancer or sure. whatever. And, you know, you're on the other side of the table. So for me, I, I, I like to think that uh, we, we do that and uh, we give the advice that we want to give our family member. And mm-hmm. if it ain't me, that's okay. But let me help you get to the guy or gal that's, that's better at that than I am. Right. Because it's, so, it's all about the patient first. It's all about the patient. And I tell the medical students, like, if you, if you make the decision based on what's best for the patient, you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, with so all the other crazy stuff that goes on uh, and prior authorizations and all the other stuff that has to come with medicine nowadays, if you try to get down to, okay, how is this going to help my patient? Then that usually will sit you in the right path. Right. And doctors as patients, that's an interesting topic. Oh, that's a whole thing. We're the, we're the worst. <laughs> Tell so, me about that. Yeah, we're the, we're the, have you, have so, you had doctors? Oh, sure. So, yeah. So, yeah. We've, I've had uh, you know, uh, everybody. So, I've had, well, especially- <laughs> I, can, I can imagine it's a bit challenging. So, yeah, no. I, and, you know, even in Philadelphia, when you're running around like a crazy person doing trauma and everything else, I mean, just one night- uh, I've, I've taken in one night, I've taken care of murderers, rapists, a sitting governor, a priest, uh, moms, you know, just, it's just the whole, every, every spectrum because right. everybody's going to come just, into the hospital. You just don't know what's going to. And uh, everybody comes in a hospital for whatever reason might be, whether it's, you know, a hot gallbladder, whether it's trauma, whether it's, you know, whoever. And also in when I was doing a lot of hospital-based uh, plastic and reconstructive surgery, people have accidents, people have cancers, they need to go ahead and get uh, reconstructed. People, you know, run a table saw uh, uh, over their finger, they need that right. put back on. So, so all walks of life and, uh, and everything else. And um, I, I like to think that, again, if you concentrate on the medical issue at hand and do what's best for that, uh, then that's okay. And so uh, you, you'll come out 
ahead. Now, sometimes with some high profile patients, there's a little bit more, you know, hand holding or pillow fluffing or that kind of stuff. And that's right. okay. But for example, classic example, we were on call for well, uh, the, the president. This was um, back in the 90s. And the president was in town. And so we were the designated trauma hospital if, God forbid, the president got shot or something. Mm -hmm. Okay, fine. And so I was chief resident. And so they said, okay, we're going to make an all-star team uh, together. And I'm like, no. It says, you know, now you don't put, you know, five chief residents on one team. And the, yeah, you know, it doesn't and, always work well. Right? No, it says, no, you want the same guys. You don't want that five do quarterbacks. Every, all, right, you want every single night. Yeah. Now, I did I did take the interns out and I put third years on because, okay, that's fine. But basically, because they have better hands and, 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 and all that, it's more experience. But but by and large, no, you want the same guys rock and roll and everything. You don't want the chairman of surgery putting in your central line. Okay. You want this, the third, this, the third the year guy that, that does did it every day. 10 of them last night. Right. Okay. That's the guy you want. Yeah. So, and, and my chairman, yeah. He was great, Dr. Roslin. He said that. He says, yeah, no, you don't want me doing that. He says, you know, you want me doing your Whipple. Yeah, you want me right. doing your big, big operation. Yeah, that's my jam. He says, but, you know, the other stuff, yeah, you want the, the you know, the guys that do it all the time. Yeah. yeah. And part of that, too, I mean, like, you have you have a great team in surgery. Everybody's nice. It's relaxed. It's a nice, comfortable atmosphere. Yeah. Building that team, I mean, that takes can take years, right? Yeah, I'm very, very fortunate. The team I work with uh, now is is really when they know my moves, I know their moves. Mm -hmm. uh, they go out of the way to make sure that the stuff is you know, the stuff I need and where I need it and when I need it, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so yeah, and so and and the main thing is is what I've learned over the years is communicate. I text everybody the schedule as soon as I know it, and mm -hmm. so the nurse in the OR can run around before I get there four days earlier. Say, oh gosh, we're out of three O Vicryl. Let me go ahead and order some, you know, so that you're not like, so oh, I need a three O Vicryl. Same page, right? You know, and like, where is it? Oh, I didn't know you need it. So yeah, so again, like anything else, communication is the key, uh, and have all the stuff ready to go before you need it. Mm. So. Yeah, it's, and I think I mean the team aspect. I mean, really, in anything, not only medicine but just in life it, it it you know i always think of people like richard branson and their steve jobs they built a team it took years to build but that's why they're so successful yeah so oh yeah no no, no. and uh uh you know, i thank everybody after every case and i make sure before i leave the surgery center that i thank them for their day and they mm -hmm. they look at me like i'm nuts and <laughs> the guy pushing them off and by yeah. the way i used to be the guy pushing them off right Okay, exactly. so, we've, so we've talked about that I, i've so been there too yeah so, so that's yeah. that's number one i said but if the guy pushes them off doesn't push his mop I don't get to do a second case. Right. So, I mean, you know, not if you have a lots, team of- Lots of parts and pieces. Well, to what you just said is, is, is yeah, I put 11 Tom Brady's on the field, I'll lose every time. Right? right. So you need Tom, we need one Tom Brady, but yep. then you need a bunch of linemen, you know, mm -hmm. and you need guys that'll run down at, you know, four, four speed, catch the darn thing. Yeah. That they allow the superstars to be superstars because right. they have a support team behind them. Right. Super important. Right. So yeah, a hundred percent. So, and the quarterbacks uh, will tell you, yes, yeah, I'm successful because of my offensive linemen. Now mm -hmm. I'm successful because I, you know, I get four seconds in the pocket, you know, I, yeah. I'm successful because I got guys and can I catch a ball. So, right. It's really act, and talking about the um, actually pre-op, that's something you do on your social media, Facebook and Instagram, is you, is you do videos in the morning before yep. you go into surgery. Uh, what, what was your impetus to, to do that? Like, Well, a couple of things. It kind of, the night before, and again, me the night before is a joke because it's a school night. And so I'm in bed by nine. Yeah, your schedule never really stops. <laughs> so yeah, it's it, it, one. And I, I review the charts the day before and I go over everything and I get in my head and you like a quarterback does. It's like, what do I do with this play? What if they show me this defense? So, okay, so what if there's this uh, anomaly? So I go through a plan A and a plan B and a plan C in my head uh, the night before. Um, so that's number one. And so then number two is, is people want to know, well, what are we doing? And then, and so we just kind of started doing the, the, 
the live stuff at about, so I get up at five to be there at six to start at seven. So at about 6.15, I guess, because I'm there and I put my new scrubs on, I get things a little bit settled. Then I'll say, hey, this is what we're doing today. And again, that's good for me because I also then review the charts and it kind of go over my head. And, and it locks you into the focus. <laughs> yeah. And the whole thing. And um, Tuesdays and Fridays are really the only time that the whole world goes away. Hmm. is because I don't answer the phone. Everybody yeah. knows me, says, yeah, it's Tuesday, Friday. Yeah, you know, don't bother. <laughs> and, uh, you know, even my, even my wife, you know, nobody can get to me uh, yeah. while I'm in the opera because I am focused. I, it's, it's nice. I only have one thing to do right then. Right. Which, which is, is, I mean, it's what's I, I kind of I would think the mindset would almost be like you're the fighter jet pilot getting in, locking yourself into the... Right. And so, right. yeah, and he only has one thing. The fighter pilot, like you said, he doesn't have to worry about because those guys are officers and they have to run schedules and they have right. to do all the other kind of stuff they have to do but in that moment all you got to do is fly the plane yeah you're and, not worried about your best. phone you you're can. not worried about right. Right. so yeah so surgeons you know that's that's kind of you know our home is we like it's stressful but in a different way right. um and it's cool for us because we we can just uh, think about and do just one thing. Yeah, it's kind of like we say your happy place. Yeah. So yes, as weird as that. <laughs> all is, the years of so, all the years of right. practice to get right. to there. So yeah, and then the, you know, and the happy place also is you know at home with your wife and a home with a family and everything sure. else like that. But a, a different type of a different type of thing. Absolutely. But uh, but that's the moment that you train for, and that's what you do, and you're hoping that you're helping your patient and et cetera, et cetera. And so uh, all that rolled into into one is is yeah, that's that's kind of where you go for all. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, how can people find you on social media? Oh yeah. We are all over the place. Speaking uh, of social media. To be, oh, what a segue. Look at you. So, I know. Uh, hey, I'm uh, thinking ahead. That's sh- like surfing. Smooth. Very nice. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, we, uh, we're on uh, Instagram. We're on uh, Facebook. We're on Twitter. Uh, we are on um, uh, LinkedIn, uh, YouTube. A lot on YouTube. Uh, my, there's, there's just so many. MySpace. <laughs> we're all over. So, yeah. So, basically, uh, TikTok now, I think. So, yeah. You can't you know swing your so they can look um, for Las Vegas plastic surgery yeah so look for Las Vegas plastic surgery or Dr. Jeffrey Roth and we are there Uh, we do actually look at the stuff we do actually respond and so if you have a question a comment and anything please go ahead and write it uh, down uh, and send it to us and we'll most likely talk about it uh, next time out and what's your website address website so that's the cornerstone of all of this and that is uh, www of course jjrothmd.com that's jj R-O-T-H-M-D.com. And uh, of course, uh, this broadcast, um, you've already found us, uh, but tell your friends, uh, we are all over the place on that too, as far as uh, Podbean and uh, uh, Spotify and Apple and you know all the rest of iHeartRadio and Google, Amazon. And actually, we're one of the first shows added to the new Samsung podcast app, which is in beta testing right now, but it's coming out and that's going to be a really awesome thing. Yeah. It's so. exci- it's very, very exciting stuff. So again, we appreciate you listening and uh, tuning in. And if you have uh, questions, by all means, uh, let us know and uh, we'll get them on the show for you. Awesome. Thank you everybody for joining us and uh, please do look for us on all the podcast outlets and uh, have a great day. All right. Have a good one. See you soon. Thank you so much for joining us. For further information, please visit the podcast website link for Dr. Jeffrey Roth. See you next time.